I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Damn right. Okay? Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. The big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. I'm not smoking anything, but sometimes some people be smoking some stuff. I don't get it. But anyways, it's your boy, Jose Volonte, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. You are tuned into the T.C. Martin Show, live on tcmartinshow.com, 107.1 on the FM dial, KSHP, and 1400 AM here locally in Las Vegas. Hour number one in the books. Greatly appreciate our guy, T.C. Martin, as always, jumping on with us when he's on the road to talk all things Aces. Our guy, Nunchuck, behind the big board, doing what he does for us every single day here on the show. Even when I'm not here, he's doing his job. It's, it's, he's just He's great at what he does. A couple of little news and notes here. Some scores on the soccer side. Benefica takes out Al Nazar, which, if you guys know, is Ronaldo's soccer team. 4-1 final there in a friendly match. One game in the WNBA has gone final today. The Sun... 82-71 final at home against the Atlanta Dream. They break that win streak there. Atlanta was on a hot streak, seven-game win streak, all the way through the All-Star break and coming back. They got to turn that flame down a little bit, and that's what happened. They lost today, but it's all good. They'll get back on their straight. That's what I like about the WNBA. A loss never takes you out of anything. You can literally turn it right back around and be in contention at any time. But the last two days here locally, we did have our Mountain West football media days. Um, all of the Mountain West football coaches were here. Some of the players were here in attendance. Obviously, our local guys, Barry Odom, uh, Dougie Doug, our quarterback, Doug Brumfield from the UNLV Rebels, um, were also in attendance. And I was supposed to be there the last two days. I wasn't able to attend. I had other things to take care of, one of them being the show here today. But we do have our good friend, my good friend, Paloma Vilicana. Joining us live here on the studio, on the show from Fox 5 News. You were live at the media days the last two days here for the Mountain West. But before we get into that, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's been a while since I've had you on my show, but thank you for jumping on with me here again. How is your day going? Oh, it's busy, but it's so much fun. This is really the best time of the year, uh, getting to talk to all the, the football players, the coaches around the Mountain West. Uh, Barry Odom only had great things to say about this league and how highly respected it is um, across the country. He's worked in the Big 12. He's worked in the SEC, and now he's working in the Mountain West. Um, a lot of excitement. I mean, Barry Odom seems very enthusiastic about what he's seeing here in Las Vegas uh, with the Golden Knights and the Aces and um, the expectation to win here in Las Vegas. And he's already developed um, strong relationships with our high school community um, because he's really big on recruiting locally here in Las Vegas. We know the talent we have with Bishop Gorman, Liberty High School, all of the uh, local football talent that is elite here in our city. So um, he wants to establish a winning culture at UNLV. He knows that it doesn't happen overnight, um, but he wants to take the the steps forward to, to have a successful, uh, consistent winning product. Uh, and just talking to Doug Brumfield and Naki Fahina and Coach Odom, um, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement and, and, and difference we're seeing in the Fertitta football complex as far as taking the right step forward to get their bodies ready, um, changes they're making in the weight room to individualize each workout. Um, for each player, they have brand new practice fields over at the Fruitita football complex. That should be an advantage for them when they're working out and practicing in 120 degrees. <laughs> um, so, so what I take away from the Mountain West media days is that Barry Odom is, um, making the right steps forward, putting, putting his team in a good position, um, when it comes to, you know, being a, a presence here in our community and being a part of the sports community and, and wanting to do what the Aces and the Golden Knights are doing. Um, and that's winning. That's winning. When it comes down to, to having a, a product that people want to go support, you got to win games. Um, so a lot on, on, 
a lot to look forward to this this <laughs> fall with with Barry Odom, and he has a brand new staff with you know his new offensive coordinator coming from the University of Texas with Brennan Marion, and then his defensive coordinator who his his players have spoke so highly of. Uh, Mike Shear coming from Arkansas as well. So um, Barry Odom bringing bringing that that value of being a part of the community, being a family, um, and a, a strong work ethic, work ethic that he's bringing from the SEC. So pa- Paloma, I have a question for you. How how long have you been out here covering the sports scene already? Has it been six years? Is that right? Out no, here in, in I, Vegas, I moved out Vegas. here um, in 2020. 2020. 2020. Okay, so super bummed when I moved out here because it was uh, the start of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. my first two years here in Las Vegas, um, you know, I was working at home along with everyone else. So yeah. I feel like I've really only been here maybe a year, <laughs> um, but I want to, uh, you know, continue my relationships here in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's been a great year for us here in Vegas with the Aces Parade and the Golden Knights Parade. And um, there's no doubt that Barry Odom and UNLV want to be a part of that winning culture and are are trying to take every step they can to put out a winning product. And the reason I asked you that question on how long you've been out here is I believe now you've been here for the two coaches because you weren't here for Tony Sanchez, correct? You were here for... No, my... Right. The... Uh, Coach Royo and I, we started our start dates were the exact same day okay. here in Las Vegas. So we kind of started uh, on the same day here in Vegas. So the reason I asked that question, and now that you've seen two regimes here, right? I've seen the last three, obviously, because I was I, when I started was with the Tony Sanchez era. But you've seen the last two regimes here that have been here, the style that the programs have ran. Obviously, this one technically hasn't fully started yet, but you're talking about what you're seeing in the locker room and in the building and the excitement, right? What are you seeing different from the way you saw the players and, and the staff acting around Coach Arroyo compared to the way things are now with Barry Odom? I think Barry Odom is really um, valuing the importance of relationships uh, in the community here in Vegas, being present in the community, being present off the field. Um, I, I really do think Coach Arroyo is really focused on on winning, really focused on the X's and O's, really focused on the day-to-day in the Fertitta football complex, but I never really saw Coach Royal leave uh, his office. I think he was really focused on, you know, trying to win football games. And they had a five and seven uh, season last year. Um, so, you know, for for his track record to go from 0 and 6 to 2 and 10 to 5 and 7, um, you know, Coach Royal was headed in the right direction. Um, but when it comes to Barry Odom, you know, he's really out there in the city, um, you know, put putting, putting his, his staff out there at, at high schools, um, you know, trying to do everything that he can to, to build relationships. And it's important, you know, you want to have people meet you and greet you and, and get to know you and get to, to spend time with you. I know he had over a hundred alumni at his spring game, uh, this past spring at Allegiant Stadium. So that's really big. But what I'm seeing from the players is, um, you know, their their drive to to put out a winning team, their hunger to put out a winning team um, and to be in front of the camera more, being in the community more. I know Jordan Morgan, one of the football players, is hosting a free youth football camp nice. uh, this this Saturday. So there's more of a, a off the field kind of involvement for for the Rebels. Um, yes, it is important to to create winning habits and put in the work, but it's also important to get out in the community and for, for fans to get to meet Doug Brumfield and get to meet these players and meet coach Odom. Um, because as, as I've worked in Alabama and I've worked in the sec, that's what they do in the sec. They take a lot of time off the fields, you know, everything that Nick Saban does um, and the Alabama Crimson Tide, all the off the field uh, involvement they do so that the community can support them and go out and, and go to their football games. Paloma Villicana from Fox 5 News joining us here live on the TC Martin Show with myself, Jose Volonte, our guy Numchuk behind the big board. So my question to you, and I know this kind of has no relevance, but it's just it's been in the back of my mind. And I know that you're with the players and the coaches all the time. You're around the program consistently. Has there been any chatter or conversation about Bobby Petrino and how I know some players were excited because I spoke to a few when his name was mentioned as the coordinator to be there, but then he just dips, right? And he gets a job and goes somewhere else. Has that conversation lingered into this or has it been completely gone since he dipped? No, I think we haven't 
brought up Petrino in, in a long time. And, um, <laughs> I think it's because, um, you know, Barry Odom went and grabbed Brennan Marion from the University of Texas. Um, and he's had a successful track record with his go-go offense. Um, and uh, to be honest, you know, to be as transparent as I can, um, you know, I feel like the Bobby Petrino story just left when he left uh, the UNLV football program. So I really haven't heard his name since like December. Uh, so it's been like seven months uh, that Brennan Marion has been in in Vegas and been able to, um, you know, establish his relationships with his quarterbacks, his receivers. Uh, UNLV has a really strong receiving core that's building off of last year's receivers. Um, they really flashed in spring camp. I can't wait to get out there in fall camp and take a look at how they look, um, you know, and, and Coach Odom has only talked great things about Doug Brumfield gaining weight uh, this offseason and being able to work on his flexibility, his mobility, put some weight on that six foot six quarterback. Um, and we know Doug and, and what he's able to do. He's able to run. He's able to extend plays. He's able to, you know, use his long body to to cross over into the end zone. Um, and so a big emphasis was to get Doug Brumfield in, in with their new strength coach, um, coach fish and be able to gain some weight this off season. But, you know, Doug Brumfield has only spoken so highly of their new offensive coordinator, Brennan Marion, um, that he, he has a very aggressive offense and that he really likes the scheme, um, of Brennan Marion and, and his ability to take control of the offense, um, and, and I'm excited to see what, what happens in fall camp. Uh, you know, Barry Odom says he has 110 players coming out on August 3rd. Um, and those are the guys that he is, he's going to rock with this year. There's, they're not adding any new players when it comes to fall camp, August 3rd, uh, they're kicking this thing off and, and they're, they're expected. And the, the expectation in the building is to, to keep up with Las Vegas and to to put a winning product out there like the Aces and uh, the Golden Knights. So I know you had a conversation with Coach Barry Odom, and for those of you, make sure you follow Paloma and watch that later on today. I know she'll have it up on Fox News. But what was his overall, how can I say this, his body language, when you spoke to him, obviously anyone can give you an answer, right? In the media game, anyone can give you an answer you want to hear just to get through an interview and call it a day. But when speaking to him, what did you get from him? The feeling, what was it? Is it this dude is legit, he's ready, he's focused, or is it just another guy coming in here trying to figure out this program and start from day one? Um, first off, I respect Barry Odom for the way he answers everyone's questions um, so thoroughly. Um, and he really gives his perspective on, on every answer, and um, he really respects... You know, any everyone here at the Mountain West Media Days, from TV to print to radio, um, I've seen him just be really respectable uh, to to all the media, which I first off am, am thankful for. This is someone that I'm going to do uh, the Reb Zone with my coach's show. So excited to have him on the coach's show. But the body language I get from him is that um, he's ready to get to work. He's ready to get to work. He's ready to build relationships here in Las Vegas. He's ready to recruit here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, they were picked, the Rebels were picked ninth uh, to finish in the Mountain West Conference. They were picked ninth overall. And he flat out said, you know, up to now, we've earned that ninth place spot. Got so um, that he takes that personally. He's taking that personally into the fall. Um, his guys are, are ready to work. And if they want to change where they are in the Mountain West, you know, that, that starts with work. And that starts on August 3rd when the Rebels uh, take the field. Um, so I think he he has a lot to prove, you know, here, here in Las Vegas. But um, the body language I get from him is that, you know, he wants to be a part of this community. He wants to be a part of our city. Um, and he has said over and over again that he wants UNLV to be Las Vegas' team. If you had to give Las Vegas one young man to look out for, that's not a big name, right? Not someone that we're used to seeing or hearing about on the UNLV side of football. Who would that individual be this year that we have to look out for in your eyes? Um, Jacob De Jesus, a wide receiver. Um, he's a small guy. I think he's about five foot seven. Okay. Um, but he had some incredible catches in the spring game. Um, I saw him cut out a few defenders and he's, he's fast. He's okay. shifty. Um, uh, Jacob De Jesus, wide receiver, um, under, under, 
underrated, I would say, a transfer from a JUCO in, in California Modesto uh, Junior College. Um, he really shined in uh, the the spring game. But also, UNLV's defense played lights out as well. I mean, we're going to see a different brand of uh, football from the UNLV Rebels on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have like six takeaways in the, the spring game. So I'm excited to see, um, because we all know UNLV's defense has struggled uh, in the years past. And um, in order to beat Air Force and to beat Boise State and to beat um, these really talented offenses. I mean, you gotta you gotta stop the run. You gotta stop uh, these guys. And and the Mountain West is really talented. They've got a lot of great players. Um, and like Coach Odom said, you know, the Mountain West is really respected across the country. Um, we've seen a lot of Mountain West players get drafted over the years. Um, so, you know, Coach Odom is not taking this league lightly. He's not taking this as, oh, I've been the head coach of an SEC team. I know how to do this. That is not the words coming out of his mouth. You know, he's ready to get to work um, and he's ready to to put a winning product out there is what I've heard all day today. Two more things. And then I promise I'll let you go because I know you have a lot of work. You're super busy all the time. <laughs> so I greatly appreciate you giving me a few moments of your time. But I saw some of the helmets that were posted out there. So I'm going to switch it up a bit and go away from that football side of the conversation. But the helmets, I'm sorry, Rebel fans, you're going to hate me. But I think that San Diego State's helmet is absolute fire. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, that helmet is just sick. Now, I like the way that the colors are on the UNLV one, always Rebels all day. We, we definitely know that. But what was your favorite helmet that you saw at the media day? Aside from the Rebels, come on. Yeah, I mean, San Diego State, yeah, they have the, the Aztec, uh, pattern on yeah. it, which is, is really cool. Um, and my, 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 and I know I'm biased, <laughs> but I think the UNLV, the chrome, the okay. red, the scarlet, the gray, um, to be honest, my favorite helmet from them is the white, the white iced out helmet with oh, the, yes. the chrome. Um, when they're away and they're, they're in their all white unis, I think that looks really good. Um, so I'm going to have to go with UNLV just because there's so much diversity too with the UNLV, um, uniforms. They have, um, you know, so many different, oh gosh, I can't even remember. Well, you got Nike over, behind like, them now. So think about it. They're going to get a lot. Yeah. Of <laughs> I think I heard from the last coaching staff that there's over like, a hundred different ways that they can pair, oh, wow. you know, the cleats and the colors um, and that, you know, every, every game day it's different. So um, I'm excited to see what Barry Odom staff does with, with the, the uniforms, but you've got the uniforms, you've got the facility, you've got the best city in the world. Um, you've got the best college football stadium in the world. Um, you know, now you just got to put it together and, and go out there and go win games um, but I've been asked this week if we think these UNLV Rebels are kind of flying under the radar with all their new talent, their new coaches. Mm -hmm. They're picked ninth in the in the preseason poll to to finish ninth uh, at the end of the the year. And you know, my thoughts are that there are a lot of question marks when it comes to both sides of the ball um, and the talent that we're going to see on both sides of the ball um, and kicking too. And kicking too. You know, we, Daniel Gutierrez is no longer um, a part of the UNLV Rebel football team. So um, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? A four and one start to the season last year. And in my thoughts, this is a better roster from last year. So let's see what the Rebels can do this season. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Obviously, I don't know what Barry Odom is going to bring to the table once they get out there. But last year was a promising season. Didn't end well, but injuries happen, things of that nature, stuff you can't control. So I agree with you. I think they're flying under the radar. I'm not going to give out a number or say how many games they're going to win or if they're going to be <laughs> ball eligible, but I think they'll be better than ninth in the league, if I'm being honest with you. So my, my last question for you, and I asked this because I want to know if it was brought up in the media day, because obviously everyone's going to ask the questions about the rosters and the coaches and what your game plan and schemes might be and things of that nature or what you've done in the offseason in the community. But a big topic of conversation in, in college sports right now is the NILs, right? Lane Kiffin came out recently and said that basically NILs are no good. They're a disaster for college sports. One thing I learned last year from some of the UNLV players is that UNLV actually has programs in place where they help them find NIL deals, right, with current businesses or things of that nature in the community. Was that brought up at all throughout these last two days in the media, at the media days, and what was that conversation like? Yeah, I think Barry Odom really just flat out said that, you know, 
some people will run away from NIL, like we just heard with Lane Kiffin and maybe some of the other SEC coaches, they're running to the NIL. They are running straight to it because, um, you know, why not? Why not? That can only help your brand, can only help you get your name out there, can only help you win these national awards. Um, and Barry Odom said that in recruiting, you know, if, if a player doesn't bring it up, he will bring it up. Um, because we live in Las Vegas and there is a lot of opportunity here. And with the Super Bowl coming here in Formula One and we have the Golden Knights, we have the Aces, um, you know, we have a lot of opportunity in this city. So um, Barry Odom says he's for NIL and that can only help these players um, build their brands and build their name to 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 get drafted. You know, that's the overall goal of these players who want to make it in the NFL and they want to um, provide their families a, a bright future. Um, and and Barry Odom is all for NIL and he's he's all for helping his his players get the best um, of the best here in Las Vegas. And. I think, you know, every, every student athlete should be able to, to use their name, image, and likeness, um, to make money off of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen one player that comes to mind is the LSU women's basketball player, Angel Reese. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's been able to buy her family a house, buy herself a car. You know, she's been able to help her family out through her NIL. And I'm sure that's the same goal of all these uh, student athletes. At the end of the day, they just want to help their families and help themselves um, create a bright future. And so um, everything I've been able to see Angel Reese get her hands on when it comes to being in the Sports Illustrated, being on every red carpet, um, you know, being at every event and and every sponsorship that she's been able to get, that's huge. Um, so I know if I was a student athlete, um, you know, I would be all over NIL. So for Barry Odom to um, do whatever he can and, you know, be able to help his players um, get the best NIL deals they can, um, that has to, that has to, you know, want you to play at UNLV as well. Um, you know, you have a head coach who's running to NIL for you. I think that's huge. Once again, Paloma, Paloma Vilicana joining us live here on the TC Martin Show. Paloma, I greatly appreciate you and your time as always. Please let everyone know where they can find you and all of your work moving forward. Yeah, Jose, thanks so much. I really appreciate you. I know last time we were in studio, yeah. it was a lot of fun. So we got to get back in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, always on Fox 5, you know, we're covering everything when it comes to the Raiders, you know, training camp coming up soon. Uh, the Aces are rolling. They play tonight. Uh, you know, we got a lot. There's, it's just nonstop in the city now. So um, every single day, I'm, I'm super blessed to be in this community and get to work with you and, and everyone else here. So appreciate you and I hope we get in in studio soon. Definitely. I got to get you back in studio so we can make that happen. And we'll do a whole hour show together like we did last time and just have fun and chop it up. So I greatly appreciate you, Paloma. Keep having fun. Keep bringing us great content as you do every (laughs) single day. Greatly appreciate you. One of the hardest working women in all of sports. Take care of yourself. And shout out to your mom. I never met her, but I always see you and your mom. You be you be you be shouting out your mom all the time on social media. So big shout out to mama to both of you. Take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. All right. I appreciate that, Jose. Thanks. Take care. Paloma Vilicana joining us live on the TC Martin Show. We greatly appreciate her and her time talking a little bit of Mountain West football there. Good stuff. Hopefully the Rebels can figure it out, man, because I'm going to be honest with you. Last season, they were two games away from being bowl eligible. I remember making the video on the sideline. I remember posting it, talking about it. And I felt bad because they started losing after that. And I thought maybe I jinxed them, right? But no, I don't jinx people. I don't do that. That's not me. That's not what I do here. I try to make money and make people win and have a good time. But again, Jose Volonte, you are tuning to TC Martin Show here on 1400 AM KSHP, 107.1 on the FM Dow and streaming nationwide on tcmartinshow.com. But look, we're going to go ahead and take our final commercial break of the evening. I got to go get something to drink. Got to hydrate. But when we come back from this commercial break... On the other side, we're going to have our guy, Sam Gordon of the Las Vegas Review Journal. We got a big fight coming up next weekend that I know TC will be at. A fight that a lot of us have been waiting years in the making for. This is a Pacquiao Mayweather style lead up to a fight. Earl Spence is finally going to take on Terrence Croft. A fight that all fight fans have been waiting to see for years because it needs to be done and it needs to be made. I'm excited for the fight. I know our guy Sam Gordon is excited as well. He was live 
at both of the media workouts today. So we're going to get his thoughts on what he saw, what he heard, and what he was told. He spoke to Earl Spence today. I saw that live. He also spoke to Terrence Crawford the night before. I want to see what they told him. I want to see what the feeling is going into next week. Because this isn't a fight like any other fight. This isn't just a fight with names. This is a fight for Undisputed to show who is the pound-for-pound king in boxing, as most people are saying. So Jose Volonte, Nunchuck, live here on the T.C. Martin Show. When we come back, our guy Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal will join us. Stay right here. Don't go anywhere. This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, man, I didn't even know I was lying. Look at Nutchuck got me over here. Hey, you already know what it is. It's your boy, Jose Volante, coming to you live from Las Vegas. You are tuning into the T.C. Martin Show live here on 1400 AM KSHP, 107.1 on your FM dial, and always streaming nationwide on the TCMartinShow.com. Remember, if you miss any part of today's show or any other previous shows, TCMartinShow.com under the podcast section also. Check out the interview page to check out all of the previous guests that we've had on the show. Current and classic interviews as well. Always tcmartinshow.com. And the biggest one, of course, tomorrow. Do not forget, the show is live from the Superbook at the Westgate here in Las Vegas, the world's largest Superbook. I will be there live in attendance with my guy, Chris Wynn, talking to our guy, John Murray, and maybe Jay Cornegay. And we're working on one more guest. What? Let's make it happen. All right, here we go. But thank you so much to everybody that's been part of the show today. And again, if you're tuned in, chimed in on social media, on the video side, we are on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Check out Jose underscore Volonte. You'll find us streaming live right there. But a couple of other news and notes here in the world of sports before we get on into our next guest. Some little hockey news here. Most years as a betting favorite going into this cup that we have here in the open in the last 40 years or a co-favorite. Tiger Woods has been the favorite 15 times. Nick Faldo, five. Rory McIlroy, four. And Greg Norman, three. McIlroy going into the favorite on this one. We'll see what happens. Now, we talked about the Women's World Cup earlier with wins by New Zealand and Australia, which are both the co-hosting nations. The host nations are now 9-0-1 in their opening matches in the Women's FIFA World Cup. The lone loss was by Sweden in 1995, losing to Brazil, one nothing. A couple other news from baseball. The hottest, best team in baseball, not only in the National League, but it is the Braves. Matt Olson's 32 home runs on the season are now the most by a Braves player before August since Andrew Jones did it back in 2005 when he also had 32 home runs. The only Braves player to hit more home runs before August was Andre Scalaraga, 33 back in 1998. I remember Andre Scalaraga, first baseman. And the best pitcher in baseball, Cy Young in the National League by far. And I'm a Yankees fan saying he's better than Garrett Cole. Spencer Strider now has 354 strikeouts in his first 40 career starts. That is the most by any pitcher since the mound was set to its current distance in 1893. Just a couple of news and notes there for you guys in the world of sports. But we got a big fight coming up next weekend, right? A fight that's been leading up for years now, and boxing fans all over the world, not only here in Las Vegas, have been waiting to see that fight. And that fight I'm talking about is Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. A fight for the pound-for-pound, possibly best boxer in the world will take place next Saturday. Our guy, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, will be live in attendance, and he joins us now. Live here on the TC Martin Show. Greatly appreciate you for joining the show today, my brother. How are you doing? Man, Jose, I appreciate you having me. I'm doing well. Uh, we are getting closer now, nine days out uh, from July 29th, Spence Crawford. So super excited. It's going to be a great week uh, in Vegas. Of course, a great weekend in Vegas and, and can't wait to be a part of it. So thank you for having me on the show. Of course, my guy. Everything you do, everything you write is always great. Always a great uh, read no matter what. But you were at both of these media days. You were both at these workouts. You were there for Crawford. You were there for Spence today. I told you I heard you ask Spence. Great question. He went off with a long answer for you. Before we get into today, though, what did you see yesterday from Terrence Crawford? What was the conversation like and the feel like in the gym leading up to this fight? Jose, Terrence Crawford is is all business. I mean, he is absolutely all business. Normally, just just to kind of 
um, you know, to, to add a little context here, the, the, the media workouts, part they're very, pretty standard, part of every promotion, a chance for, you know, media, of course, to see how, how, the, how the camp is going, see what kind of condition the, the fighter is in, and, and, you know, check out their skills a little bit up close and personal in the gym. Uh, and also have some conversations and back and forth, but it's very, they're very basic usually, you know, half hour, 40 minutes, you know, nobody going too hard, you, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of showing off the basics, having a little bit of fun, getting to engage with the media some, and then you finish up tra- training camp privately. But that wasn't the case for Terrence Crawford, Jose. Like t- that Terrence Crawford went through an entire workout. I mean, it wasn't a 25 half hour media workout, 25 minute half hour media workout. He worked out for almost an hour and a half. I mean, he went through a full routine, 10 minutes on the jump rope, uh, a variety of different drills with his coaches in the ring, rounds on the heavy bag, uh, a little bit of everything, just a, a little bit of everything. He was with, with 15 minutes in, covered in sweat, and it was like the media wasn't there. I mean, after he did his, his press conference, 10, 15-minute press conference, again, all business, all business, uh, he, he worked out for 90 minutes, and it's like he didn't notice any of us, so... He, he was absolutely locked in. He was focused. It looks like he's already on weight, uh, you know, the 147-pound uh, welterweight championship limit. I'm not sure exactly where he comes in, but he can't be too far off. He looked to be in tremendous shape, and, and a lot of what he was working on, right, when he was in the ring with his different coaches, of course, led by Brian McIntyre, his longtime coach, a.k.a. Bo Mack. Uh, a lot of stuff specifically for, you would think, for Errol Spence, working, about, working at close quarters, working on shots to the body, footwork on the inside, pivots, all those things, all those elements that might be crucial uh, fighting Errol Spence in close quarters. We know that's what Errol Spence likes to do. So he was fantastic. I mean, he kind of let us see a little bit of everything. It was a full workout and, and definitely expecting him to be in top. Sam, did we lose you? Are you still there? Okay. Oh, there we go. We can hear you now. We just lost you for a bit. <laughs> You're all good. But no, Sam Gordon joining us here live on the T.C. Martin Show from the Review Journal talking a little bit about Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford. We lost you a bit, my guy. Not sure if there and you can hear us, but if you can hear us now. My question for you, too, is yep. this is being basically coined as the biggest and most important fight of boxing mod- of the boxing modern era, right? Now, who's who, who, who is this fight more bigger to? Who does this fight matter more than anything to? If Spence loses, is this bad bad for him if Crawford loses is this bad bad for him who needs this fight more for their career at the end of the day would you say oh great question I, I think I mean I, I don't want to cop out here but but I think it means I mean this is the legacy fight for both guys this is everything for both guys not that not that your, your resume is going to be incomplete per se or whatever look Terrence Crawford three division champion former undisputed Junior welterweight champion. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. 39-0, 30 knockouts. We know what he does, but he hasn't stepped in the ring with an opponent of Errol Spence Jr.'s caliber. He just he just hasn't. That, that hasn't happened yet. Regarding Errol Spence Jr., all his work as a professional at welterweight at the welterweight division, 147 pounds. He's taken down three champions, right? Kel Brooks, Sean Porter, your Danis Ugas, to, to, to capture the three belts that he has. But for him, when he got started in this boxing thing, when he, when he started in the welterweight division, it was the goal... It was his, it was his, what he targeted was winning, doing exactly what he wants to do against Terrence Crawford. Unifying all four belts, becoming the first undisputed champion uh, in welterweight history, in the four, certainly in the four belt era. So it's massive for both guys. I mean, you talk about kind of the implications and what it means and the consequences of this fight. We don't get the absolute best versus the absolute best very often. It, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't mean we don't get big matchups, but there are so many different elements at, this, at, at play that make this fight, the most compelling in boxing, one, again, the, the, the history between the two, the fact that they were on a collision course pretty much since Crawford moved up to welterweight and, and captured his belt and understanding that well, the kind of talent he was as Errol Spence was doing what he was doing. Then, of course, the division, 147, one of the most glamorous divisions in boxing history. You're talking about the who's who of who's come through there. Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson. The list goes on and on and on. So many great welterweights maintaining the lineage of this division and then just where they're at right now in their respective careers, right? Both undefeated, both elite pound-for-pound sets of skills that contrast and, and should make for an interesting for an interesting matchup, the dynamic, the skill set that both guys present. So it's massive for both guys. I don't think I, I think that's what makes this fight so compelling is neither one can afford to lose, especially given where they're at in their respective careers. This is like the cherry on top uh, for both fighters, not that there aren't big fights out there, but – 
Yeah, I guess theoretically Spencer you know, could move up to 154. He's still a couple years younger, a couple big paydays out, out there for him still. So maybe it means a little more for Crawford. But Crawford's a three-division champ that's already been undisputed. So a lot on the line for both guys, uh, a lot of, of kind of implications in terms of ways this thing can go and how you know boxing can be shaped afterwards, what it means for, for the 147-pound division, whether or not we're going to see the rematch at 147, 154. We'll get answers to these questions starting on – July 29th. So a huge fight for both guys, and, and neither one can really afford a loss. Our guy, Sam Gordon of the Las Vegas Review Journal, joining us here talking Spence Crawford leading up to next week's fight here Saturday night. Now, bigger lead-up, would it be this or Pacquiao Mayweather? And when it's all said and done, what do you think is going to be the better overall fight? You know, the, the, the lead-up, I think Pacquiao, Mayweather-Pacquiao, there's kind of the superstardom that both fighters had took that to a whole nother level, right? I mean, you're talking about two of the biggest, not only best fighters of the modern era and of all time, but two of the biggest stars, the bigger, biggest drivers of pay-per-view buys, uh, the, the, the cash cows, boxing's cash cows for like a 10-year period. So because of that kind of, you know, because of the brands that those guys carry from an economic standpoint, that fight is, you know, I have a hard time seeing anything that can surpass that from a, from a commercial standpoint. However, with that being said, I would contend that Spence and Crawford are closer to their respective primes, right? Spence being 33 and Crawford still being 35, um, a relatively young and fresh 35, given um, kind of the way he fights and how he hasn't, you know, had to take that much punishment at this point in his career. And, and you know, Spence only with 28, you know, 29 fights, so not a ton of wear and tear on him either, although he has dealt with some car accidents and whatnot, some injuries out of the ring. But being that both these guys are closer to their respective primes and from a stylistic standpoint, both, you know, offense first fighters, not that they're not that they're not good sound defensive fighters, but these guys are powerful punchers. Uh, they know how they, 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 they both like to finish the job and then get guys out of there and have their different ways of doing it. We're going to see a lot of offense. So I think from a, a stylistic standpoint, what we're actually going to get in the ring, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, a little, you know, a little one-sided, right? But this one, regardless of who wins, has the makings of a classic because of the styles they bring, because they both have, you know, both pack power and want to finish the job uh, with a knockout or a stoppage. So I, I think ultimately this be, this ends up being a more gratifying, you know, fulfilling fight to watch for fans. But but the Mayweather-Pacquiao buildup, that, I mean, that was one of one. That was, you know, that fight was six, seven, eight years in the making between two of the biggest stars. The buzz isn't there, but but the buzz for this is building and certainly – um, has built throughout the course of the promotion, you know, the last few weeks, and we're starting to kind of feel it more and more with both fighters already stationed in Las Vegas, finishing up their camps in Las Vegas, you know, this week, early in the next week before the fight week festivities actually get going. So what did you see from Earl Spence's camp today, and what was the feeling there? Oh, Earl Spence looked fantastic too, Jose. Um, he, it wasn't, he didn't work out for quite as long as Terrence Crawford did. I wasn't, you know, full 90 minutes, but he went hard for 45 minutes. And he wasn't messing around. And, and again, I think, you know, not quite on weight. Um, Errol Spence, naturally the bigger guy, so it's understandable that it's going to take a little bit more time for him to cut. And I don't think he's quite there at that welterweight limit of 147 pounds. But, he, you know, he's strong. He's lean. Uh, he looked explosive. His shots, I mean, he was studying the pads when he was working with his coach, uh, Derek James, in a way. I mean, Crawford, Crawford wasn't that, that, that – that's not to say Crawford doesn't hit like that. But in terms of the pad work today – Felt like Spence was a little bit more explosive on the pad. So uh, he, he showed a lot. I mean, you know what to expect from him. The pressure, the volume, the jab, the fundamentals, uh, the strong base, the way he's able to move around and, and get his opponents to kind of react to his movements. We saw a little bit of all of that on display. And again, um, no doubt in my mind he'll be ready to go at 147 pounds. And I'm curious, I think ultimately curious to see, does this size advantage that he has, right? Being the taller, the naturally bigger fighter, having the bigger frame, what kind of impact does that have on the night of the fight? Because it certainly was prevalent and noticeable at, at media days yesterday and today that, that Spence is the bigger fighter. The question is, and we're not going to know until next Saturday, will that come into play? How does Terrence Crawford you know, go about neutralizing that? And how, how can Errol Spence uh, maneuver that to his advantage? But a lot of... You know, a lot of what we know Errol Spence to be, he, he, he was showcasing those skills, working on some of the, working on, uh, stuff on the inside, working on, uh, you know, that jab, working behind his jab. So he also looked fantastic. Again, the stakes of this fight require both guys to be at their absolute best in order to win. And, uh, Errol Spence will be. He was absolutely fantastic today. Fantastic today. He was sharp. And at the very end, we got a little cameo from Ryan Garcia. 
who's now part of Derek James' stable. So he's in Las Vegas as well. Probably can expect him to be out there next Saturday and his superstar again on full display uh, with a cameo at the gym today where Earl Spence is training. Once again, Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal, joining us live here on the T.C. Martin Show. My final question for you, Sam, and I'll let you go, my guy. Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy and talk about the sport of boxing being rigged or bad decisions or things of that nature, right? Because of some of the decisions that we've seen recently, especially the biggest one being the Lomachenko-Devin Haney fight recently. My question is, do you believe that there are going to be way more eyes than there should be and conversation on the judges coming up to this fight based off of the magnitude of this fight and everything that we've seen previously in the last couple months? Uh, you know, there probably should be. That's a great question. I, I think it's imperative. I mean, this is a, a show, another massive fight, another showcase fight uh, for the city of Las Vegas, for the Nevada Athletic Commission. You know, they need to nail this. They, they need to absolutely nail this. Let the skills of the fighters determine the outcome. From a refereeing standpoint, the whole nine, it's important that the commission is on their absolute best as well. And you're absolutely right. It, it, it is a sport like boxing where scoring is subjective. You you see some questionable cars from time to time. And the hope is, I think, for all of us involved, for everybody who's watching from a boxing fans, journalists, media, whoever, certainly, obviously, the fighters first and foremost is that you don't have a goofy scoring or you know, a bad card affecting this, right? Now, that being said, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that this thing is going to go to the cards, uh, given the, the talent of both fighters in the ring and the power uh, they both pack. But if, if if it goes to the cards, everybody, I mean, you could best believe that there, there are going to be watchful eyes on everybody, all three of those judges, whoever's judging that night, and the referee kind of throughout the course of the fight. How is he going to dictate the action? What kind of tempo is going to be developed? Uh, and then ultimately, how do the judges react? So it's unfortunate um, that 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 this is you know one of the talking points, but it's absolutely legitimate because again, with how subjective everything is, we've seen scores go ways that they shouldn't have, and you don't want a, a big fight of this magnitude to be marred by any bogus judging or bogus decision. Once again, Sam Gordon, my guy, I greatly appreciate you for everything that you do here in Las Vegas, not only in boxing, bro, but everything you do with the sports side. Since you came out here, what, six years ago, I believe? You started when I started doing my media stuff. You've been killing it, bro. Absolutely amazing work. If you guys haven't already followed my guy, please follow him on Twitter, at BySamGordon. And if not, let them know where they can find you with all your stuff aside from Twitter. Yeah, ReviewJournal.com, Jose. I got, you know, all fight week, you know, a lot of fight week stuff coming out next week as we get into the week. I wrote about Terrence Crawford and kind of his workout and what we learned about him through that workout beyond just what we actually saw. And uh, after we hang up, going to get started on my column on Errol Spence Jr. and what we saw from him today. So a lot of fight week stuff coming out. Of course, the Raiders uh, get camp started. You can check out our Raiders coverage on VegasNation.com, ReviewJournal.com. Um, and can't wait for next Saturday, Jose, the fight week in general. Really special time to be in Las Vegas. I appreciate all your kind words. And for you having me on the show and look forward to talking again soon. And I can't let you go without you giving me your decision. Who wins? Come on. <laughs> check back with check back with me next week. I gotta see, I gotta see how, how the fight week plays out and the, the psychology of fight week. We'll talk about that next week if you want to. Definitely. We'll chop it up with you next week, my guy. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of your week and be safe out there, brother. Appreciate you, Jose. Take care. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal Man, joining us here on the tc martin show we're almost to the end i know it's not over yet nunchuck i still got time don't tell me don't tell me don't don't get put the hands up there and tell me you got 10 20 30 40 whatever it is you got 38 minutes left. 38 minutes left keep keep the countdown going but look i'm gonna add my two cents to this whole terrence crawford earl spence thing i'm excited for the fight I'm 100% excited. I think this is a fight that should have been made a very long time ago. Just like the sport of boxing when they did not make the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight. Now, I understand why Mayweather never wanted to make the fight and why he did everything that he went through. He was a smart individual. He was the champ. He was the number one guy. He was the A-side or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, he scraped up enough on his end to be able to be the one that made the decisions on how he wanted the fight to be and how he wanted it to end up being at the end of the day. We know what happened afterwards. Pacquiao comes out. I was injured. Didn't want to say anything. Whether it's an excuse or not, the fight finally happened. It sold a crazy amount of tickets, but also a lot of people had to go in there that were being given lower bowl tickets because they couldn't fill certain seats. So a lot of things weren't talked about, even though you hear about gates, numbers, things of that nature. But look, the only thing that worries me about this fight, and I brought it up with my guys, Sam Gordon, is the fact that the judges scare the living crap out of me, Nunchuck. I know you watch boxing. Don't tell me you don't watch boxing because being on TC show, you got to watch a little bit of boxing. I do. Okay. 
So you got to agree with me on this, that there's a lot of, at least it looks like, because we can't prove, it looks like there's a lot of corruption and a lot of shady stuff going on in the world of boxing, at least in the last two years. No, really? I mean, when you have guys that that's, are... That's breaking news. That's, that's, uh, you, want, you, wait, actually, you do want some breaking news? I got some do breaking news Do we have some breaking news? Oh, let's do it. Daniel Snyder has been fined $60 million for sexually harassing a team employee who oversaw team execs who deliberately withheld $11 million in revenue. The story just keeps coming out with this guy. I can't even finish my boxing stuff over here without hearing more about this guy. The, the team is sold. Can we stop even talking about it? I don't care if he gets fined for what he did 10 years ago. He's no longer relevant. Can we just find him and not even put it out there? Like, I was I was getting happy to end the show on a good note, and then I got to hear about this clown again. You could you could have just, like, not read that news. So, breaking news. Yes, the sport of boxing is rigged. It has been for a while. There's been too much stuff going on. But look, if you're a boxing fan, don't be afraid of this fight. Watch it, order it, enjoy it. Don't run away from it. It's going to be one of those fights that's going to be legendary, and you're never going to forget this fight. I can definitely guarantee you that. I'm going to give you my prediction. I think Crawford is ready. I think Earl Spence is over his head. I think he's afraid. I think he's running scared, and he's just listening to whatever his camp is telling him at the end of the day. This is a boxer, in my opinion, that, People say has fought a lot of people because he has the belts. What did those other boxers do and who were they at that point in time when he took those belts? I understand Terrence Crawford hasn't fought all the quote-unquote big-name guys like people like to say, right? But he was also part of a promotion that held him back from a lot of those fights, so you can't really blame him. He did what he had to do at the end of the day, move up and wait. He's been a two-division champion. He's held his belt without losing it. What else do you want from the guy? He's been wanting this fight with Spence forever, yet Spence, all he ever did was run away and try to find excuses. I get it. You got into a car accident because you were being an idiot. You flipped it over. That's what some of these guys do when they get money. They don't know how to act, right? They become complete idiots at the end of the day, and that's what Spence did. He didn't know how to act and got himself in trouble. His career could have been over. Hell, his life could have been over. Maybe now he's figuring it out and he thinks, I'm ready for this fight. I'm going to come out and do my best. But if I'm being honest with you, I'm with Sam. I don't think this fight goes the distance. I don't think the judges get an opportunity to ruin this fight. I really don't. And if all of you out there believe that boxing is not rigged, sit there and watch this fight and score it yourself. Okay, because a lot of people can watch fights and go, oh, no, I mean, it was tight, but this and that. Score the fights yourself. That's what I started doing. I started sitting there with a pen and paper and I would score every single round as if I was a ref on how I felt. it. That's the only way you're going to give yourself a correct answer of how you felt. And for everyone that keeps hitting me up and telling me, well, look at CompuBox numbers. I've spoken to Al Bernstein before. I have the audio clip. I'll put it up for you guys if you don't believe me. He even said it. CompuBox is something that's good for a conversation like the one we're having now. It's a guideline. It's not something that's ever been used to rule or determine the outcome of a boxing match. If that was the case, Triple G beat Canelo in the first fight. If we're going based off of numbers and output and all that. Marcos Madonna beat Floyd Mayweather in fight number one. If we're just going based off of a compu box and you want to look at all that stuff, right? So again, don't look at numbers. Look at what you're watching. Look at what you're seeing. Who's landing the cleaner punches? Who's the more aggressive fighter? That's what you need to take into account when you are watching these boxing matches. Don't be a fan. Don't be a fanboy and go, well, I don't like Spence, so I'm just rooting for Crawford. Well, I like Crawford. I'm going the other way. You cannot do that when it comes to scoring a fight. You have to be clear of bias. You have to be 100% honest with what you're going to say and how you feel about it and not be biased. But Nunchuck, who do you think comes out on top of this fight next week? Obviously, we have a whole week to talk about it. There's I know TC yeah. will talk about it moving forward. But just based off of what you've seen leading up to this fight, who do you like? Dude, I have no idea. It's tough, right? It's tough. Fight of the year, though? Fight of the year? Possibly. I mean, possibly. Do we see a knockout? I think we do because I just said it's not going the distance. It's not going to go the distance. I, I don't know if it'll be a knockout knockout. Who do you see being the aggressor, though? 
Who, who, who do you think will be Spence. moving forward? You think so? I think so. I think it's going to be the other way around. I think Crawford's going to come out and just push him to his brink. I think Crawford's going to have him on the ropes moving back the whole time. That's just me. I, I just, I feel, here's the thing. Spence is a great boxer. You can never take, if you're a champion for a reason, right? I'm never going to take yeah. anything away from a champion, whether I like the guy or his persona or who he is or not. But just based off of the way fights have gone and the way I've seen their previous fights, I think Spence is going to, I mean, I think Crawford's going to be the early aggressor. I think he's going to take control of the fight. I think he's going to start pushing back. And I think when it's all said and done, he's going to end it in eight. I think Crawford wins it in eight. Now, again, we have a whole week. I'm still going to talk about this moving forward for the next yeah. week. I could change my, my, my stance here, but I'm going to give you guys Crawford. In eight, again, it's only Thursday. It's not even the weekend. That fight's not till next week. But that's what I'm liking so far. We'll see what happens. Still a lot of conversation there. You got some UFC coming up this Saturday as well. UFC fight night here from Las Vegas, I believe. Fun stuff there. But Nunchuck, anything you want to say to the beautiful people before we get out of here today? No. Nothing whatsoever. Not a clue. Go, eat a, go eat a burger from the Burger go, Club. Go eat a burger from the Burger Club. From the Burger Club, that's all you got to say. Yeah. I wish you guys can see his shirt today, man. I'm hungry. But look. I want to give a big shout out to our guest today, obviously TC Martin, the host of this show, for allowing us to sit in and chime in with us and talk some LV Aces. Aces tip off today, 7 p.m. here, West Coast, but they'll be on the road at Seattle, 16 and a half point favorites. Aces looking for their 20th win of the season. Will they capture it? So yet to be seen. But once again, I was your host for this evening, Jose Volonte. Check me out on all things social media at Jose underscore Volonte. Remember, tomorrow, Live from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. I will be live with Christian Wynn, John Murray, and another guest to be named later on. But remember, 2 to 4 p.m., same channel, 1400 a.m., 107.1 on the FN dial, and streaming worldwide on the tcmartinshow.com. Thank you to our guest, Paloma Vilicana of Fox 5 News here in Las Vegas, and our guy, Sam Gordon of the Las Vegas Review Journal. If you miss any part of the show, tcmartinshow.com. Check out the archives. And remember... Every single week, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. If I'm not here, your guy TC will be. So always press that like, drop that share, press that comment. We'll go from there. Thank you so much. Once again, don't drink, don't drive. Be careful. It's a lot of crazy out there. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>